Now, The Whole Home Show with Tony Joe on CFAX 1070. Hi there, everyone. Welcome to another episode of The Whole Home Show. I'm Tony Joe, your host here every week, bringing you tips, education, and updates on home-related matters. Whether you are in the real estate market or if you're looking for decorating or improvement ideas for your home, this is a great place to be. Our show comes to you every week with the support of our show partners, Denise Webster, mortgage broker with Dominion Lending Center's Modern Mortgage Group, J.P. Sellas, insurance advisor at Westland Insurance, the Sitka Law Group for your real estate, wills and estates, corporate and personal injury needs, and Silhouette Home Inspections with Pierre Beauvais. If you need help or direction in your real estate transaction, give any of the whole Home Show team members a call. They would love to hear from you. I've been your host here every week for four years now. I am, I believe we're now at episode 210, being here um, uh, in your homes, in your cars every weekend for, uh, you know, I can't believe the time has flown by. I remember the first couple of episodes and, you know, hey, just like anyone doing something new, I remember being nervous, but I love this. I love coming here and chatting with you every week and bringing you uh, ideas and innovative things, including today, by the way, which I'll get to in just a moment. Uh, but of course, I've been uh, selling real estate here in Greater Victoria since 1991. I've handled hundreds of transactions here in Greater Victoria. I'm proud to be ranked as one of the top producing REMAX agents in Western Canada. And I would be pleased to help you as well, too. If you need a second opinion or want to chat about the real estate market or what's going on out there, just find me. You can find me and the rest of the whole Home Show team members by visiting cfax1070.com. Look under shows, there you'll find the whole home show with me, Tony Joe. All of our contact information is there, uh, or as always, just Google, Google us, Google Tony Joe Real Estate, uh, Tony Joe, Victoria, British Columbia, and you will find me as many of our listeners do week after week. It's always fun uh, speaking, speaking with people who have listened to our program for all this time. This week, our guest is John Anjo. He's the founder of Dwell Tech Industries, the creator of Dwelly Affordable Architecture. Now, the logo using the word architecture uh, has the word arch capitalized at the, at the beginning of that word because that is part of their manufacturing process and part of their design. Uh, I'm thrilled to have him on our program today because he's going to be telling us about these innovative pre-made structures that he is doing in Maple Ridge. Uh, and he's done a lot of business around the Lower Mainland. Uh, he's also had calls uh, and work, uh, not quite in Victoria, but uh, Campbell River, uh, North Recreational Properties. Who knows? We might see applications more here in the residential areas in Victoria at some point in time. Really interesting ways to maximize living space. Can you imagine? a self-contained home at 72 square feet. Yeah, you heard that right, ladies and gentlemen. 72, 72 square feet. It is true. I've seen it. I saw John originally on a, a news uh, piece and he was walking around in the 72 square foot Yocto. They call it the Yocto. And we'll be talking uh, all about that today with John. I'm just excited to talk about this because, you know, I, I, over all these years, there's been conversations about how to create affordable housing. Some of you know that I've spent a fair amount of time in the community um, uh, with things like uh, the Greater Victoria Co Coalition and Homelessness, which I co-chaired back uh, between 2009 and 2011 with uh, then Mayor Dean Fortin. 
Uh, I've had a lot of uh, um, uh, uh, time spent uh, in places like Anawam House and the Kool-Aid uh, Society and all these fantastic uh, um, organizations that have been working on uh, homelessness and issues in our community. And uh, like I said, we all looked at other ways of creating housing on an affordable scale, affordable basis. Never had anything like what I'm going to describe to you today when we have our guest John on. Uh, I think you'll really be interested. And I wish that you could see it. If you're listening to our uh, program, of course, you, you know, the best I could do is just describe it. You're going to want to go on the website. You're going to want to go uh, to um, the website, which is thedwelly.com. Thedwelly.com. I will put it on our CFAX page so that uh, you guys can uh, can have a look. Some really interesting things. Um, now, I wanted to talk about uh, a couple of things here today, folks. And as a reminder, if you'd like us to cover anything, just fi find me, send me an email, uh, Google me, go to the, the CFAX 1070 website, uh, or give us a call at 250-414-6540. And happy to cover anything that you guys like to talk about. Uh, and again, I appreciate getting your calls on a regular basis. Um, I want to talk about a couple of things, tools of the trade right now, as it were, in real estate. The first one, and uh, this has been in conversation a couple of times recently, uh, how we get into houses. Uh, you know, a question is often when a realtor shows a house, what happens? Like, is the door left unlocked? Are keys left under a mat or under a stone, uh, you know, in the front of the house uh, or something? How does it happen? Well, when I started in real estate back in 1991, some of our listeners will remember that time. Some of our listeners are past realtors from that time, actually. Uh, back then, we had uh, specialized key boxes. And when we got licensed, we were all issued a key. It was one of these barrel keys. And that's the key that we use to open a key box, which had the key for the home. Now, that worked just fine, except from a security standpoint, when you think about it, when that key gets lost of a realtor, you know, 1,200, 1,400 realtors in Victoria, if someone lost their keys and that unique barrel key is on that, what happens? Because all of a sudden, the person who possesses those keys has access to all the log boxes in greater Victoria. So, you know, security issue. Thank goodness in my time, uh, thinking about back then, there never were any issues, but then technology stepped in. And all of a sudden these electronic lock boxes came in. Right now we're on our, I think fourth generation of what these devices are like, but they're very secure. So what happens is not anyone can access this lockbox. You need to have First of all, be a member of the local real estate board. You have your own specialized combination code. And the thing about these electronic boxes is they record when they were accessed. So when a realtor opens the lockbox, the box knows who opened it and at what time. That's an extra level of security for homeowners because if ever there's a situation where, I don't know, heaven forbid something goes missing or one of the doors is left unlocked uh, or whatever, it can only go to one person and was the last person that opened the box. So there's a big amount of accountability that exists there uh, in the real estate community with that. The other interesting thing about electronic boxes is we have the capability of setting them. So they're, they're, they're only accessible during certain times of the day or not during certain days uh, or things like that. So um, as, a, as an agent, we're able to pull up a report which shows us 
uh, you know, how many times it was open, who opened it. It's another way for us, by the way, to do our feedback, you know, how we follow up with realtors to see what the um, agents or the buyers thought about the property. So secured electronic log boxes, very, very uh, handy devices. They used to use uh, key cards. Like they used to be looked like a little miniature calculator and we had to plug it in every day because the thing needed to get updated. Right. And that's the that's the thing, because if if an agent lost this uh, key card, um, it's no good unless it's updated every day. So it didn't matter. Well, you don't want to lose it because they're expensive. But if you did lose one, the security level uh, is strong because it's not like somebody. First of all, nobody would know the combination, you know, the four or five or six digit combination. Um, it's just a useless hunk of plastic if somebody was to found it on the si find it on the side of the road. Right. Um, nowadays, by the way. Um, in Victoria here in particular, most agents use their smartphone to open up the key box. Again, key box identifies who the agent is, right? Um, and the other thing too is, hey, you don't want to lose your smartphone, right? And you sure as heck do not lend your smartphone out to other people. So it makes for a very secure system. I say in Victoria here, by the way, because there's a separate system in the lower mainland that uses a key that realtors can actually loan out and, and I, I'm totally not uh, in support of that. We've got a great system here in Victoria and also Vancouver Island, which is north of the Malahat. Um, Lockboxes, very, very secure system. Uh, and I'm, I'm happy to report that I have never experienced any issue with uh, homeowners. I'm very comfortable and confident with the security that we offer for them. Uh, because of course, people need to see your home. People need to see your home in order to buy it, especially right now in a busy marketplace. Uh, we've got to take our break here. When we come back, I'll be having a conversation with John Anjo, founder of Dwell Tech Industries. He'll be talking to us all about these innovative housing solutions that he has developed. We'll be back in just a moment. You're listening to The Whole Home Show with Tony Joe on CFAX 1070. Thanks for coming back. You're listening to The Whole Home Show, and I'm Tony Joe. You know, Victoria, every month is becoming a more expensive place to live. It was in the news just recently that a new record was hit with a sale in Machosan on 67 acres of $12 million. Now, whoever thought that our little region here could hit those kind of numbers? Now, we were accustomed to seeing we had two $10 million sales in the uplands. That was years ago now. It was about 15 years ago. But all of a sudden, the math is just incredible. And it makes you wonder about... How can people afford to live here? How can anyone afford a million dollar starter home? Uh, and then of course we're in the pandemic and you start thinking about working at home. How can you have family visiting and all these things? So, you know, we're always looking at uh, innovative ideas and new things coming out there. And I'm thrilled to have our guest today. He's uh, all the way from the lower mainland. Uh, his name is John Anjo. He is the founder of Dwell Tech Industries. He's the creator of uh, the Dwelly, the Ellie, and the Shelly, right, John? Uh, did I get yes, that right? Yes, it is. Correct. Yeah. Uh, welcome to our program today, John. Thank you. Yeah. Glad so, to be here. So tell us about what it is you do at Dwell Tech Industries. We manufacture um, homes that all have one thing in common. They have a, an arched roof that we manufacture with our, our machines. Um, and in a nutshell, that, that's what, what we do. And our homes are, are unique, um, just purely because of the look, but also the, the way they're constructed. 
Well, and, and I want to say, I, I found you, as many other people, maybe even listeners, uh, have seen you mm -hmm. on the news because mm -hmm. you um, were being interviewed for a 72-square-foot home, like a fully, yes. a fully functional home. So tell us about that. Well, our core products are auxiliary dwellings, um, which were smaller homes already, but they're in the three to four to 500-square-foot range. Um, when the pandemic hit, we retooled a little bit and we're, we're doing some home offices, which were in the 72 square foot range. And I would hear all these tiny homes and this tiny this and tiny that. And we looked up one and there was a nano home and the nano home was still 200 square feet, which didn't seem that small and didn't seem that creative. So we said, all right, we're doing a 72 square foot home office. Let's see if we can make it a fully functional home. And based on our research, it would be the smallest home in Canada. Wow. What, what, are, the, what are the dimensions, John, of the box? Because of our, our panels, it's like a eight foot four and a half by nine foot something and a half. It's a really odd shape, but I have to make it work with our panels. Our panels are a fixed size. Uh-huh. Yeah, because you are, and you, then are, we do have, you are a manufacturing company. Like, that's what you do, right? Yes, that's yeah. our core bit. We, man, we buy big coils of steel and we process it through our machines into structural panels that can be used for roof panels or wall panels. Yeah. Well, I, you know, I, I want to describe to our listeners uh, what this little unit is called the Yocto, right? You call it the Yocto? It, we call it the Yocto and that goes back to the Nano. We'd heard other people calling their small homes Nanos and they were yeah. still 200 square feet. Yeah. So we wanted to find a name that was smaller than nano. So we looked on the scientific um, wiki and they said, Yocto is the smallest measurement that's currently out there and it's 10 to the negative 29. So we said, we're gonna have a Yocto home. <laughs> Amazing. So I wanna describe it because I've seen it. And uh, right. for those who haven't seen it, it's amazing because you have a, there's a full size bathroom with a shower yeah. and a sink and a yeah. toilet, right? There is a mm -hmm. kitchen area and you've got a um, compact a fridge and freezer unit, right? Yes. Uh, yes. And there's a sleeping unit that um, you can also use as a workspace. I mean, you were you were working on your computer or whatever uh, on, on the bed in the uh, in the uh, in the uh, article there. So uh, it's amazing. Like the space efficiency is unbelievable. Mm -hmm. In in past housing designs and stuff over the years, if, if you want to design something small, work with a naval architect. I spent a lot of time many years ago in some of our smaller homes um, working with naval architects. They know how to use every single inch of space. So I leaned on a bit of that experience from the past. There's nothing wasted in that unit at all. You mentioned about um, the bed. The bed does double as your desk. It doesn't need to fold up but it's just high enough that a stool can go under it. So you can actually sit at the bed, use it as a desk yeah. or use it as an eating area, push the stool underneath. And then you have your, your bed as a sleeping area. There's a closet behind the bed, the water heaters under the bed, the blanket storage areas under the bed. Um, yeah, it, it's all there. It's fully functional. A, yeah. a single person can utilize it quite nicely. Okay, so um, let's talk. Let's talk about how they're used, and I want to get to your other products as well too. We're, we're just talking about the the Octo right now, but um, who's who's using these? Like, what what's um, what kind of uses are you seeing? Well, right now nobody's using them. It was it was a, a, a design that was done, and as you're aware, there's all kind of zoning issues and a variety of other things. Whilst 
it's under the size that you need a to, you don't need a build permit because it's under 10 square meters, but you would be offside with your zoning if your house does not zone for an auxiliary dwelling. Of course. So yeah. we don't, we're not really out there pushing and selling this as, as a unit, isn't it? It was more done just to see if we could actually do it and, and generate interest. But having said that, we have given out quite a few quotations, but we've mm-hmm. made very sure that we've said you need to check your zoning. And we've also offered to check people's zoning to ensure that they won't run into any problems. But as it is right now, ours is the only one that is actually out there. But there is two of them in construction that have been sold. Fantastic. Well, um, and you did mention to me before we started the program that you have been talking to people on the island. Of course, the interesting thing about uh, Victoria, the CRD here, is we have 13 different municipalities and 13 different right. uh, built uh, codes. Uh, so there's there's lots of different zoning. Uh, uh, so that's yeah. a whole other conversation that we won't get into today, right? Yes. Um, let's talk about your other products. So uh, I have I'm on the website here right now. Uh, wow, mm-hmm. I mean some of these things are so neat. They they are they are homes. They are truly homes, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. No, they're fully functional. We've we've targeted the auxiliary dwelling market where. Um, they're meant to go in the yard or on the property where there already is a main home. They're meant for older kids that maybe are moving back. They're made for caregivers. They're made for parents. They're made where they would utilize our, our dwelling, but they would also have access to the main house to meet with other relatives and, and whatnot. But then you have the Shelleys, and those were directly designed Everybody who liked the dwelly, but there was people saying it's just a bit too small. We want the dwelly, we want it bigger, and we want it as a primary dwelling for a recreational property. Mm-hmm. So that's why we did the the, the, the Shelleys, where you could join multiple dwellies together to get a bigger structure. So, so we started okay. we started out as auxiliary dwellings, but we've been kind of dragged to primary recreational dwellings. Fantastic one, and I want to describe again to our listeners. When we look at this, and by the way, the website is thedwelly.com. That's, and I'll put it yes. on our CFAX uh, uh, webpage here, thedwelly.com. Mm-hmm. So when you look at the units, they're fantastic because it's this curvilinear uh, roof, and that's what you manufacture, right? They're, it's it's basically a half circle. And, I mean, how tall is that at the peak there, John? They're, they're like about maybe nine feet? No, they're 11 feet in the peak. Wow. Okay. Okay. So, so they're very spacious inside. We, we actually see people when they walk in, they kind of walk in with their head down and then they actually stand up. They realize, holy, this is actually quite, quite, quite large. Yeah. And um, there's, there's many different designs. Um, but as you mentioned, uh, I can see here, there's pictures of, of units in recreational settings, but also ones mm-hmm. where they're being combined with a breezeway in between. Yes. And, uh, yes. Oh, wow. It's just fantastic. Who's, who's buying these? Like where, where are they being located right now? Um, Pemberton, Hemlock Valley, uh, Wallachine, they're, they're more outside of the lower mainland. They're, they're, they're being utilized as recreational units on recreational properties. We have a, because of the shape, we've actually been able to get certified for a 525 pound snow load, which is the highest snow load in Canada. And that's at Hemlock Valley. Wow. We have a, a client who, um, his engineering to meet that snow load for a custom dwelling was over $40,000. Our whole unit that he bought was less than that. And we were already certified for that type of snow load. So we're, we're, there's people from Revelstoke, outside of Whistler, Hemlock Valley. A lot of the high snow load areas are 
are showing a lot of interest in these properties in the, in these units just because of the the structural qualities of them. Well, fantastic. Well, listen, we need to take a break here right now, but I'm speaking right now with John Andrew, who is the um, principal of Dwell Tech Industries. And we're talking about these fantastic units that I wish that you guys could see uh, on the radio here, but I'll put the link on. And when we come back, we'll continue our conversation just in a moment. Now, The Whole Home Show with Tony Joe on CFAX 1070. Thanks for coming back. You're listening to The Whole Home Show, and I'm Tony Joe. Our show comes to you with the support of our show partners, Denise Webster, mortgage broker with Dominion Lending Center's Modern Mortgage Group, J.P. Sellas, insurance advisor at Westland Insurance, the Sitka Law Group for your real estate, wills and estates, corporate and personal injury needs, and Silhouette Home Inspections with Pierre Beauvais. If you need help or direction in your real estate transaction, give any of the whole Home Show team members a call. They would love to hear from you. Of course, if you are a podcast listener, we do podcast all of our episodes. We've got uh, 210 of them now over the course of the last four years. A lot of information that you can listen in on at any time. Find us on iTunes or Google Play. It is the whole Home Show with Tony Joe. We're talking today about the Dwelly, and our guest is John Anjo. He's the founder of Dwell Tech uh, Industries. Just before the break there, we were talking about the innovative roof, this curvilinear uh, roof, and uh, you said it, it has, it's rated for heavy snow load, right, John? Correct, yes. Yeah. The, the, the roof that we use, that we manufacture it, you'll see... Sometimes we get confused with other people. You'll, you can go online and search rocket steel buildings and those are garage kits that people bolt together and people have tried to do ad hoc housing with that. We are nothing like that. That's like comparing a go-kart to a Ferrari. It's a total different thing. Our system has been designed as housing from the beginning. We went about eight years ago and sourced the machines to manufacture these and our machines are actually used to manufacture aircraft hangars. They've been using Kuwait. They've been used all over the place for that purpose. But we didn't want it for commercial reasons. We wanted it for residential reasons because it's a really fast way to get covered space. Mm -hmm. And it took us a, quite a bit of time with engineers and envelope people to get it insulated right, to meet code and do all that we needed to do to get to this stage. So it's not a bolt together garage kit. This is a purpose designed and manufactured residential structure that's virtually bulletproof for lack of a better and i see in the pictures here i mean they're on a flat deck they're on a barge or whatever like when when you deliver them they are complete they're ready right they're like plug and go more or less right the dwellies are the yeah. dwellies we can give you turnkey um completed but the shellies where you have to join multiple units together we deliver those as a structural shell package Ah. And then you join them with the breezeway and, and you do your own customization. I can't get our CSA approval for a semi-finished building. So those ones are finished. But that's actually our best seller. Our, it, people are buying the, 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 the Shelleys and finishing themselves. So they're getting the benefit of our structure, yeah. but they're saving a tremendous amount of money by doing it themselves. Or they're already industry people who are in the housing who have the connections to finish them. So the Shelly is actually our best seller. Fantastic. Well, which is the same as a dwelling. It's just unfinished or modules added. Got it. Got it. Got it. Got it. And, and again, with the design, because it's really it's it's from one uh, side of the house to the other. It's a complete half circle. And there's no yeah. there's only walls on the on the uh, other sides. So um, it's 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 really we do have structural walls in the middle. There needs to be one structural wall 
and that's for wrecking and just um, for those heavy snow loads so the building doesn't do this. So we do have a structural wall that's required in the middle. Got it. Got it. Now you're yeah, I, on our Zoom call right now. I can see the video. You, it looks like you're in one, right? Yeah, we're in one of our older ones. Okay. The, um, this isn't one that we do now. We used to build them on site where I would take all my machines to site. That worked, but it was it was problematic in a lot of ways because our machine is quite large. So COVID's actually forced us to redesign our products to be portable. And it's the best thing that happened for us. So all of our units are now portable. We don't do anything on site any longer. We manufacture them off site and, and deliver them. Okay. So, so we uh, don't do our bigger units any longer. Got it. So, so um, I hear what you're saying. The Shelly is a combination of a couple of dwellies with the breezeway and those yep. come kind of in kit form where people, they, they complete the job, right? Now the, the dwelly, which is completely self-contained. And again, we're talking bathroom, uh, kitchen, yep. there's electrical, yep. there's plumbing, all yep. that stuff. It's there, right? It's plug in stay. You can wow. bring it to your site. You plug in the electrics, hook up a water line, hook up your septic line, yeah. and you're, you're, you're good to go. Wow. Uh, what's required for site preparation? Like, where, what do people put these on? Um, the, the most effective thing is helical piles. Are you familiar with screw piles? Yes. You, we better describe it, actually, for our listeners. So um, go, go ahead, John. Yeah. Yeah. No problem. The, the, dwelling, the floor is already 12-inch LVL beams two by 10 joists, it's already all insulated, it's already all sealed. So you don't need to put it on a concrete pad or anything like that, you've already got it. It needs six points of contact with the ground and the most affordable way is what they call helical screw piles. They're big metal screws that you screw into the ground and they have a bracket on top and our house comes and sits on top of that. So you need six helical piles per dwelly and a helical pile is anywhere from 250 to 350 mm -hmm. per pile. So the foundations are really affordable. Wow. Um, and you don't need to do any site prep. It, you can screw in the piles and come and set it on and do your driveways later, or you can jazz it up with black gravel below or a variety of things. Yeah. And the, the helical piles let you bring it off the ground as well. So you could store kayaks or anything else you want underneath, creating more space. We've even had, um, uh, more remote clients wanted them to go high enough so they could drive their ATVs underneath and hang game after hunting. <laughs> so <laughs> there, there's a multitude of uses for it. So you can, you can raise them up if you want it. It just depends how high off the ground you want to go. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Wow. It's fantastic. Cause you know, here's the thing, like uh, over the years, this, uh, my background, I spent time uh, co-chairing the coalition to end homelessness. So you know, there was always mm -hmm, this mm -hmm. conversation about, you know, what are some innovative uh, housing things? And we were talking about um, uh, freight containers, right? There was yep. a point in time yep. where that was kind of like, it because there's all these unused units and, and using mm -hmm, them. Mm -hmm. But I mean, they, they, that, uh, that, that was a lot of work that, you know, that was a very yes. different product, right? Yeah, yeah. And to make shipping containers meet code, once you start cutting holes in them, the structural integrity is gone, you've got condensation issues. It, it's a solution, but I don't know if it was a good solution. No. So let's, let's talk about code for a sec there, because you've mentioned that a few times here, uh, and things mm -hmm. like CSA approval. I mean, these are all very mm -hmm. important. And, and of course, you've had mm -hmm. to overcome all these hurdles, right? Yes, yes. Um, yeah, all of our units, they have spray foam on the inside. So there's five inches of spray foam on the dwelly. So it's super insulated. Um, 
we have CSA approval where they come and inspect in our yard as the buildings are being done and they'll give us CSA approval at the end. Um, but so far, the, 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 the demand has been for the Shelleys. And just to clarify, we drop those on site and it's at what they call the sheathing inspection stage for any municipality. So it has the doors, the windows, it's lockable, but the inside is all open. So you, it comes to site, you drop it there, the contractor then would call for the inspection. So the municipality comes and inspects it, signs off, and then the owner finishes it. So it, it fits within the existing build permit methodology. Fantastic. Um, are you, is there any sort of warranty or coverage on uh, on the product? Um, we're eligible for the two, five, and ten. The, the oh, typical wow. house warranty. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Under the uh, Homeowner Protection Act, the BC Homeowner Protection. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So the, 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 the contractor finishing it can either supply it or um, who's ever purchasing the unit because it has the CSA approval. You can get that warranty if you'd like. Yeah. Um, let's talk about let's talk about costs. So what's the range? What's sure. somebody looking at uh, for a dwelly, for instance? So we're talking about the, the self-contained units. Um, what's the range someone's looking at? Plug and stay with water, heater, appliance, everything but furniture, 68.9. Wow. for that plus delivery depending where you are okay and then a shelly for the exact same unit and shell form is twenty-seven thousand. yeah remembering of course that there there's finishing that needs to be done and all that stuff yeah. inside the shelly yeah it would still end up costing them in the sixty-eight thousand dollar range to to finish it but if they're doing it themselves as their own contractor obviously they would save some markups in there but realistic yeah you're talking a seventy thousand dollar unit that's plug-in plug-in state Fantastic. Well, listen, we need to take our, our last break for the day. We're talking with John Anjo. John is the principal of Dwell Tech Industries. We're having a conversation about these really neat uh, dwellings that uh, people are using. And uh, when we come back, we'll uh, talk more about Dwelly, Shelly, Ellie, and uh, Yocto. Right, John? I'm, I'm getting it. I'm getting it. I'm getting the names. <laughs> All right. Uh, yes. We'll be back in just a moment. This is The Whole Home Show with Tony Joe on CFAX 1070. Thanks for coming back. You're listening to The Whole Home Show, and I'm Tony Joe. We're having a great conversation today about different types of dwellings, things that people are putting on recreational properties, maybe little home offices uh, at their property, ways to just expand on your yard. Now you need yard space. This is obviously not something we're talking about for small, you know, zero lot uh, subdivisions or whatnot. But we have with us today, uh, John Anjo. John is the uh, principal of Dwell Tech Industries. John, also, you're also known as Archie. You call yourself Archie because of the, uh, the arch design, right? Correct. Our, our salespeople use Archie as, as, a, as our pseudonym, instead of having sales at Dwell Tech or, or it, it's Archie for the Arch Roof. So Archie's kind of our mascot and our, our Archie at. So yes, that's our sales pseudonym. I use it and the other salespeople use it. And as I well. noticed but as well, I noticed as well too, the logo, the word architecture, Arch is, yes. is highlighted in arch, architecture. Yeah. Yeah. It, the Arch is actually one of the, the oldest building systems there is. Like it, it it goes right back to pre-Mesopotamia and the Romans. That's what they use and the Greeks. And that's where architecture is. Arch is the first, first four letters of, of architecture. I mean, it's been around forever. We're not, we're not reinventing the wheel. We're just modernizing it a bit. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Getting back to your manufacturing, by the way. So, you know, you, you said earlier yeah. about the fact that 
um, you manufacture these roof uh, structures. You, you can do airplane hangers and stuff. Um, these things are, they, they are long lasting as well too, because this is something else that you talk about on the website, right? This is not mm -hmm. a, this is not like a, whatever, a five or 10 year roof. This is, this is something no. that'll last a while, right? Yeah. The, the roof has a 40 year warranty on the material, but the material that's used, it's called Galvalume. And there's been studies based on, it's, it's been around for a while. It's been around 40, 50 years. And there's been studies done in the Pacific Northwest based on the breakdown of the coating, the lifespan of that roof could be up to 300 years. Wow. So the, these, are, these are industrial roofs. They're, they're not your residential little thin metal roof that you put on a shed or not. These are structural industrial roofs. Yeah. So, and again, as a description for people, you know, we're used to seeing, you know, flat roofs, angled roofs with, you know, ash, mm -hmm. uh, fiberglass, uh, uh, asphalt shingles or whatever. This is very different mm -hmm. because it's a metal roof, right? Mm -hmm. And it's very interesting because uh, when I look at the arch here, the, the arch itself is kind of ribbed. I guess that's part of the that's part of the uh, manufacturing process, right? It has a four and a half inch structural rib. So we roll the panels out and they're big C channels. Then we curve them and then we structurally seam those panels together. So there's no bolt holes. There's no no, no holes in it, but it is a four and a half inch structural panel every 12 inches. And then you have all the, 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 the crimps and the ribs for the additional strength. So yeah, it's, it's very industrial looking. Yep. Um, but you can also paint it any color you want. We, we do offer a service and it's with a high quality architectural paint that um, it, it's called, it's self cleansing so that it has a, it's almost like a bed liner material. And anything, bird droppings, mold, mildew, once you get rain, it just washes off of it. It's a, it's a Sherwin-Williams industrial paint product, and it, it really works well. Well, but the, the point here is you're never re-roofing this thing because there's nothing to re-roof. No. Like the structure no. is the nothing roof. nothing to re-roof. Yeah. Yep, yep. And then you have five inches of spray foam just inside that roof, against the roof. So you not only have that structural metal roof, but you've got the integrity of, of five inches of of, of closed cell spray foam right behind it there you you can heat them by by breathing and cooking like the 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 the, the, the yeah. electrical usage is very low yeah and yeah. again it might we even had somebody joke that the yocto is so small you could heat it by flatulence <laughs> okay yes. it has that much insulation in it so. fantastic well i i have some friends it would be a very hot little place that's that's for sure that's for sure <laughs> yeah. uh yeah you know looking at the photos and especially the, like the interior finishings and stuff like people yeah. would be it'd be amazed uh to find out that it's not a traditional house like you know i'm looking at the yeah. bathroom right now with the finishing mm -hmm. and the you know the uh, lever door handles and the decor light switches and mm -hmm. the you know, MDF trim and, and everything. Um, it's just, they're yeah. lovely. They're lovely. Yeah. Some people think because of the arch shape, you lose space, but not if you lay it out properly. Everything that needs height, you lay it out on the higher walls. Everything that doesn't, like say the head of the bed in different areas, you, you, you lay out the house accordingly to make use of the arch. Uh -huh. And in a traditional home, just think of it. You don't live in the top corner of your house, but you pay a lot of money to heat it where the, the arch home, you, you actually have a third less airspace to heat and you get the same floor space. So there's actually savings, even in material we use, worked it back, it's about 22% less materials on a house that has straight walls and corners. So there is actual savings 
in materials, and that's one of the reasons our prices are sensible as well. But you're just you're just using less, and you're heating less air. Okay. So, uh, is there like an assembly line process that you have at your um, at your facility there, or how? Uh, what's it like? Yes, to some extent, we we have the wood floors and whatnot get made first, and then the roof and the the structural parts get manufactured, and then they get added together, and then it moves on for finishing. So, to some extent, it's it's a it's an assembly process, but it still does have a lot of construction in it. Mm -hmm. I can see this has been a real advantage for many too, because you know everyone knows like the the trades and um, uh, material costs and all of those things mm -hmm, have mm -hmm. just been it's been yep. the market's been crazy, right? Um, mm -hmm. Yes. So I'm I mean I'm sure you guys are busy, but um, uh, it's definitely a, 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 a an alternative for people when they're thinking of you know uh, um, mm -hmm. having something like this on their property, right? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Most definitely. We we would take four more tradespeople tomorrow. They're just they're not out there. BC right now has has a huge problem with tradespeople. Yeah, we we need tradespeople. Everybody needs them. Yeah, no, that's that much is for sure. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. Now transporting these these uh, units uh, again. I'm looking at the pictures mm -hmm. here, but describe to our listeners what that what that process is like. We design them to be able to be moved by anyone who can move a shipping container. We use shipping container corners that we buy from shipping container manufacturers. Well attachments on and put them on the corners of our units. And then they can be moved with a typical excavator low bed. Now, the reason for that is there may be 15 house movers in BC, but there's over 5,000 low beds. So to move the units with a, a typical low bed and a typical crane works out a lot cheaper than moving it with a specialized home mover. So we don't need specialized home movers. We need anyone who has a crane and anyone who has an excavator trailer. So it actually works out quite a bit cheaper to move our dwellings because of the way we've designed them to be moved. Yeah, fan fantastic. Um, now, insurance is something too. I mean, okay, yep. we've, already, we've already established you have a CSA approval. Uh, mm -hmm. you, you are covered under the... Um, uh, homeowner protection act for the warranty so uh, people can have their 2510 warranty um you know the next question would be insurance like what's it like for people to get ins building insurance for a structure like this they can insure it like any other typical accessory dwelling it, it would be insured um by their 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 main property insurance as as a outbuilding accessory building it yeah. there's no different hoops you need to jump through it, it it's an insurable product Oh man, there's just so many pluses here. It's it's fantastic. I, I think it's I think it's unbelievable. You know, and and uh, it's another option for people, right? Yes, yeah, most definitely. Yeah. What uh, what does the future look like for uh, Dwell Tech Industries? What's next? Um, we're just going to continue doing what we're doing. We have one or two more things in the pipeline. We have what we call the Dwelly Arc, which we it's not a full half moon we stop the arc and then we can go longer so it, it goes back to we've been getting a lot of requests for the dwelly to be bigger but not a shelly where they have to finish it themselves they want a bigger turnkey unit from us mm -hmm. so we've designed another unit that has arc but not all the way but in the long in the long and short um we'll have 400 square foot to 500 square foot units within the next month or two that will be two bedrooms two baths Basically, they're bigger units with the same features. So look for the Dwelly Arc, and not Arc like Noah's Ark, like Arc A R C. Got A R C. Got it. 
You know, I remember, and it wasn't that long ago, uh, one of the first uh, apartment buildings in Victoria was, I think it was the Metropolitan mm -hmm. at the time. And people, and this mm -hmm. was 1990, you know, call it 1993 or 1994. And people were like, oh right. my goodness, how could you have a 500 square foot condo? That's so small. Well, fast forward. Yeah. Now we've got 270 square foot condos. Like the designs yeah. and what people are living in now are very different than what it was 25, 30 years ago, right? Well, this is one of the things that, that kind of, I get worked up sometimes. We talk about the tiny house movement and everybody's scaling down and blah, blah, blah. But three quarters of the world right now lives in tiny homes. Like I've worked a lot in the Caribbean, Latin America, South America. You raise a family in 500 square foot with three and four kids. It's only Canada, the US and Europe. We have four and 5,000 square foot houses. The majority of the world already lives in tiny homes. It's not a movement. It's not a revolutionary thing. It's what everyone else really survives and does. And, and, and you can raise a family in 600 square foot. But we're coming back around to it. But it's not a movement. The whole rest of the world is already living in tiny homes. <laughs> well, I guess all we need now is to have uh, approvals and agreement with municipalities yeah. in a sensible yeah. manner where, you know, pe people can can start, uh, you know, applying things like this uh, a little bit more, right? Yeah. Well, once they meet code, they should be allowed. I could understand issues with things on trailers and, and whatever else, where there'd be some gray areas. But if you can build small and it still meets the code, then then you should be allowed to do it. Oh my, oh my goodness, for sure. No, I, I, again, I'm looking at the website and as a reminder to our listeners here, it's thedwelly.com, thedwelly.com. There are, I'm looking at schematics, drawings, uh, everything here, looking at the dwelly connector. It's the thing that connects uh, two dwellies together. Uh, you've got designs where there's like uh, patios with awning. Uh, wow, yep. these things are just, they're so nifty. And, um, you know, it's just, it's amazing. It's amazing what you've done here. I'm not a big Instagram person, but we have an Instagram page and there's several hundred pictures and videos of dwellies being moved and picked up and delivered so that the Instagram page probably has a lot more pictures that are better than the website ones. Fantastic. Fantastic. Well, listen, John, I really appreciate you taking your time to come and visit us today. I know you're busy because you told me tomorrow you got cranes in the air and things are happening. Yes. Uh, I just wanted to yep. make sure that, uh, you know, uh, Victoria here got to learn and hear more about what it is you do. Um, because, you know, I can't help but think that there is a place for this. And, you know, uh, hopefully the day will come where I get to see you here and maybe, you know, talk a little bit more about the things that you do. Sounds good. Perfect. We haven't had much interest from Victoria proper, but up Courtney, um, that up northern Vancouver Island, we've had a lot of response from. Well, maybe that'll change now. Um, Duncan I, as well. Yeah, just up the street. Thanks. Uh, yeah. Thanks for John, joining us. Uh, John Angel. Again, John is the principal of Dwell Tech Industries. We've been having a conversation today all about uh, the Dwelly, the Shelly, the Ellie, and the... Um, Yocto. That's it. Oh, yeah. the Yocto, yes. Yocto, yes. <laughs> um, thanks for joining us, John. And to the rest of your listeners, uh, our listeners, we'll be here for you this time next week.